Hello again, everybody, and welcome once again to a new episode of the Tigers Baseball Podcast, episode 52, the first episode post-lockout, the second episode of season two. I am your host, Chris Schulte, and we have a lot to get into, so we might as well start with asking the national media to just stop it, okay? Please, Jim Bowden, I have a lot of respect for you. I know you were a major league general manager for years. I know you major you general you were the general manager and the architect of the Cincinnati Reds and the Washington Nationals. I am well aware of your accomplishments. Jim Duquette. I am well aware of your national accomplishments and your abilities. You are the manager you're the general manager. For the Mets and for the Orioles, and you were the assistant general manager with the Mets under Steve Phillips, and I get that. When the Mets went to the World Series, you were there. I understand how capable these people are. I understand the people on Sirius XM, MLB Network Radio, and other outlets that are... They, 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 they know the game of baseball. They're not stupid. I get it. But when the owner of the Detroit Tigers, first of all, votes against an increase in the luxury tax, the competitive balance tax, during the lockout, and then goes on record as saying, and I quote, we are done spending big money this year. Stop telling me and everybody else out there that the Detroit Tigers are a possible landing spot for Carlos Correa because guess what? It ain't going to happen. It is not going to happen. Christopher Illich has said specifically that he is done spending big money this year. You know what that means? The checkbook is closed. Apparently, they made an offer for Car- to Carlos Correa for 10 years at tw- uh, 275 275 million for those of you who aren't paying that close of a, uh, that close an attention. And he said no. So then they turned around and made a six-year, $140 million offer to Javi Baez. He took it. Exit Carlos Correa. Sorry, boys. You didn't want to go above $300 million. Christopher Illich lied to the media and to the fans back in November when he introduced Eduardo Rodriguez and he said specifically Al Avila would have every resource available to him to go out and sign a big a big name shortstop. Obviously, if it went above $275 million, he didn't have every resource available because he didn't sign Carlos Correa. He signed Javier Baez instead because not all the resources were available that Christopher Illich said were available. And I get it. Okay. You don't want to go above the luxury tax. The competitive balance tax. I'm sorry. You want to treat that as a salary cap. You're an NHL owner as well, so you're used to a hard cap. Baseball doesn't have that. So you've got to be you've got to be willing to say these are the rules that are in place. I'm going to play by those rules. I'm not going to get penalized for breaking those rules. If that's what you want to do, fine. I get it. I respect it. 
But don't tell us fans, don't sit there in front of the media and say, Al Avila is going to have every resource available to sign a big name shortstop when clearly he does not. And to the national media, don't sit here and tell me, don't sit here and tell me that Carlos Correa is going to possibly be coming to Detroit and that you feel like he could possibly land in Detroit, that Javier Baez would be willing to move over and play second so that Carlos Correa could play short. Because it isn't going to happen. The man has said no. On both sides, Correa said no to $275 million over 10 years. Chris Illich has said no to spending any more big money this year. So he's not coming to Detroit, folks. You can put that one away. I don't know what you're smoking. I don't know what you haven't read. But if he says he's not, if, if Christopher Illich says he's not spending the money, he ain't spending the money. He ain't his daddy. Mike Illich would have had him signed, sealed, and delivered by now. Chris Illich isn't like that. Chris Illich saw the Prince Fielder contract, which he may still be paying a little bit of because when he traded, when they traded uh, Fielder to the Rangers, Texas didn't take on all of his contract. Detroit and Texas split it. He may be seeing that contract. He may be seeing the Miguel Cabrera contract. He may be seeing the Victor Martinez contract. When Martinez signed for four years at $13 million a year and then only produced for a year, maybe two, he may be seeing those things. And he may be saying, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be stuck with that. He may still be hurting after the Jordan Zimmerman contract. I know I would be. Billionaire or not, $22 million a year is not something that you just kind of go, eh, no big deal. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it isn't. So I understand it. My problem with Chris Illich is two things. First of all, my problem with Christopher Illich is he says that Alavila is going to have every available resource made available to him, and then he doesn't come through. How difficult would it be to say, we intend to get a major short, a big, a big name shortstop and leave it at that? How difficult would it be to say, we have specific goals in mind for what we want to do this year in the off season when it comes to free agency and shortstop is one of those goals on our list and leave it at that. AJ Hinch meets with Carlos Correa to give up, drop off a baby gift, and the media is like, oh, he's coming to Detroit, he's coming to Detroit, he's coming to Detroit. No, he isn't. He's getting a gift for his kid. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with Christopher Illich being frugal. If he wins, if his teams win and he's frugal with his money, and he reinvests the money that he makes into his team, i.e. into analytics, into improvements for the ballpark, improvements for, you know, whatever, to make sure his players have the best available conditions to play under. I have no problems with that. 
if his teams lose and he's frugal, then I have a problem. See one of the previous episodes last year when Kansas City swept Detroit in a four-game set in Detroit. I took Illich to task on that one. He didn't listen, obviously. So let's stop thinking that Correa is going to come to Detroit because he's not. He's just not. We have Javi Baez. We're going to live with that. Our infield is going to be Jamer Candelario at third, Javi Baez at short, Jonathan Scope at second, Miguel Cabrera Torkelson at first. It is certainly not going to be Jamer Candelario at third, Carlos Correa at short, Javier Baez at second, Jonathan Scope, Spencer Torkelson at first. It's just not going to be that way. The Tigers did tender an offer to uh, Dustin Garneau, which means that there will now be three catchers on their on the there are three catchers on the forty man roster. Um, Dustin Garneau, Tucker Barnhart, and Eric Haas. Um, you're probably going to see Eric Haas play catcher from time to time in this year, but not very much when you've got Dustin Garneau and Eric, uh, Tucker Barnhart as your main catching tandem. Uh, Haas is probably going to end up becoming your, your emergency catcher, and that's fine. That's fine. You can find at-bats for Eric Haas in this lineup. It's not going to be a problem. I want to get into, oh, the second reason that I wasn't a big fan of, that I'm not a big fan of Chris Illich is the fact that he did vote against the competitive balance tax increase when it was offered um, back on the 7th of March. Sorry, the 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 second, uh, the first, the twenty eighth of February. Jesus. Um. Him, the owner of Arizona, the owner of the Anaheim Angels, and the owner of the Cincinnati Reds all voted against it. Now, to hear the owner of the of the Diamondbacks tell it, he voted against it specifically because he didn't like the penalty situation that it was creating that was being created. Um, for those who went over the luxury, over the, the, the tax. Now, whether or not Illich had voted against it for the same reason, I don't know. He's not even close to that tax now. I think he's right around 200 million, if not, not below 200 million for the year. That's after $24 million to Javi Baez and 16 million to Eduardo Rodriguez as well as 27 million to Miguel Cabrera a couple of key things to cover in the CBA starting in 2023 everybody plays everybody at least once which means after 2023, you will probably see Javier Baez opt out and go to some place that's got a better ballpark for home run hitters. And I say that because 
you had nine guaranteed games at guaranteed rate field. Now you only have seven. You had nine guaranteed games at progressive field. Now you only have seven. Depending on what league you were playing, what division you were playing in the National League, you had uh, the possibility of playing at least three games in Coors Field every uh, once every three years. You're guaranteed three games in Yankee Stadium every year, three games in Rogers Center every year. Um, you know, the, the, the smaller ballparks, three games in Camden Yards. Now with this new schedule coming out in 2023, those home and home series within the, in the, within the league are, are drastically cut. And depending on, on where you you know you 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 may not necessarily get three games at Citizens Bank Park. You may not get three games at Coors that year. You may not get three games um in Atlanta. So those parks that that Javier Baez was looking at, at 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 going to to kind of help him help him help himself out a little bit. He isn't going to go to as much with the new with the new balance uh, schedule that they've that they're coming out with in 2023. So his opt out is after is after 2023. Look for him to exercise it and go to a better, more hitter friendly ballpark like oh I don't know say Cincinnati or Cleveland. Or Baltimore. I doubt he'd go to Baltimore. They're not going to be that good. Their owner is worse than Chris Illich when it comes to spending money. Just looking at uh, what's going on in spring training, don't be surprised if we see Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green on April 7th in Detroit. And one of the good things about the lockout and the fact that uh, the first two series were were canceled and then now rescheduled. You could have a a scenario. Miguel Cabrera is sitting at two thousand nine hundred ninety three hits. He's seven hits away from three thousand. No, I'm sorry. My bad. He's at two thousand. 987 hits. He's 13 hits away from 3,000. I think. Something like that. He's very close. The bottom line is is now your first six games are in Detroit. Between the White Sox and the Red Sox. And then they go to. They go on the road for a six game trip 
And then they come back, and on the 19th through the 21st, they've got the Yankees. Wouldn't it be amazing for Miguel Cabrera to be hitting, to get his 3,000th hit in the beginning, in the middle, sorry, toward the end of April against the Yankees? Wouldn't that just be awesome? At Comerica Park? Because you know they're going to sell out because of the Yankees. I wouldn't say they're going to sell out, but I would say that they're going to be close to a sellout because of the Yankees. If Miguel Cabrera is at 29.97 or 29.98 in the hit counter, and Friday, April 19th rolls around, oh yeah, you can guarantee that series is sold out. Because then it's the Yankees and it's the chance to see history. So... Congratulations to Nico Goodrum. He was non-tendered by Detroit as we expected him to be. And he ended up signing with the Houston Astros on a one-year deal. So it's good to see him land somewhere. Now, let's talk a little bit about free agency. Because... Alavila has said specifically that he wants to get one more starter, one more proven starter to help bolster the rotation. Well, let's take a look at who's out there. Clayton Kershaw. Oh, sorry, he went to back to the Dodgers. You say Kikuchi. Up, oh, sorry, he went to. Where did he go? He's not with Detroit. Carlos Rodano, he's with the Giants. So now you're left with Zach Grinke or possibly trading somebody to Oakland for Frankie Montas or Sean Manaya. Or possibly trading somebody to Cincinnati for Luis Castillo. You could have had Sonny Gray, except the Twins traded and got him before you did. So, now you're in a situation where these free agent pitchers who you were looking at are going away. So what's Al holding out for? That's the big question. Carlos Rodon would have looked sick in a Detroit uniform. He'd have been amazing. I said that when I watched him pitch at North Carolina. He would have been amazing in a Tigers uniform. And when the White Sox didn't tender him an offer, when they let him hit free agency, Alavila should have jumped on it. Yes, I know he's left-handed, and that makes your, your 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 pitching rotation that gives you three lefties in the rotation instead, and 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 an extremely left-handed heavy pitching rotation. So what? If I have the ability to throw Rodriguez, 
Mize, Scoobal, Manning, Rodan out there. Once every five days? <laughs> I'll take those odds. I'll take those odds. Thank you very much. Now, look, I don't have a problem if they decide to sign Zach Grinky. I like Zach Grinky as a pitcher. And he does have a proven relationship with A.J. Hinch. So that's fine. A.J. knows him. He knows what he's receptive to. He knows how to work with him. He knows how to get the best out of him. I can live with that. But go out and sign somebody already. Because your options are getting limited, Al. How are you going to explain it to Matthew Boyd when you call him up and say, hey, we didn't give you an offer in December, but we'd like you to come back? Because, um, yeah, yeah you know, I, I, I thought we were going to get another starter, but we waited too long and we kind of need somebody and, well... You've got ties to Detroit, and, you know, I know we sat here and said that your elbow injury was, was a problem and that we were a little bit nervous about that, but, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where, you know, we, we didn't necessarily mean it, but we were trying to figure out what we were going to do before the collective bargaining agreement ran out, and yeah, you know what? If I'm Matt Boyd, I'm saying, <laughs> no, sorry, thanks, but no thanks. I'll go sign with the Yankees because they're going to win. Or I'll go sign with the Mets because they're going to win. Or I'll go sign with the Braves so that I can sit there and watch them hand out those pretty World Series rings. And I know that I'm going to be in the playoffs at the end of the year. There's a chance that the Tigers could make the playoffs because it's expanded to 12 teams, but it's not very likely. Not this year. So at the end of the day, I think Alavila's dragging his feet a little bit. And I really am a little bit disappointed in the fact that when you had... Now, mind you, Carlos Rodon and Kikuchi and Kershaw were non-tendered, I think. No, Rodon's contract ran out at the end of last year, and the, the, the White Sox never made him a qualifying offer. Detroit should have snapped him up. They really should have. They had a chance. And A.J. Hinch is brilliant when it comes to managing pitchers' innings, which is all you really would have needed to do with Rodon. So I'm a little disappointed that he didn't strike while the iron was hot, he got Rodriguez, and that's cool. That's a good signing. It's going to be better, I think, than most people think. Then he went and got Baez. I'd rather have seen him get Correa, but hey, it is what it is. So he gets Baez, he gets Rodriguez, and then he sort of kind of sits on his hands and waits for the lockout to hit. And then after the lockout, he's getting absolutely walloped by other GMs who are being more aggressive, Texas, Minnesota, Cincinnati.
And he's just sitting around. Okay. So, yeah, you could have had Steven Matz. I'll bet you the boys in St. Louis are going to love him. He was still available after Rodriguez got signed. You could have had Verlander. You could have had Grinky already signed, sealed, and delivered. But you don't. And now you're in trouble. Next episode of the podcast will probably be... My guess is... You know what? I'm going to probably, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do one on the 27th of March. If not, I will do one on the 5th of April when teams break camp and head up north. And uh, we will go from there. We'll know a little bit more about what this Tigers team looks like at that point in time. The only reason that I'm not doing an episode next week is because of the fact that it's basically, well, there's, there's two really good reasons. Number one, my wife's birthday is the 19th. And number two, there'll only be two spring training, three spring training games that have been played at that point. And I don't think I'll have enough to to really to really work with as far as the makeup of the team and how it feels to me to be able to give you guys any any uh any good information, any good any good intel. So that's how that's gonna work. If you're checking this out on Anchor, check us out on YouTube. Look for the Tigers Baseball Podcast on YouTube. We do have a YouTube channel. We upload our pods to that channel as well as to the Anchor app, uh, to the Anchor platform for distribution on Apple and Spotify and Stitcher and all of those things. Um, we need 100 subscribers on the YouTube channel to get it to actually show up uh, and to be able to set the, the custom URL. So if you can... Get on the YouTube channel. Find get on YouTube. Find it. Check us out on Twitter at t uh, at uh, podcast tigers uh, because that'll have the YouTube link on it as well. Um, if you're already subscribed on YouTube, please let other people know to subscribe. Uh, you know, and to like the podcast. That would be great. Until April 5th at the very, until definitely April 5th, possibly March 27th at the earliest. I'm Chris Schulte saying thanks for listening and go Tigers.